0: Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn so that in today's accelerated world we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, Learning Specialist Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. This is the third episode in a special series titled Reinventing Hybrid Learning Events in collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference of 2022. In this episode, we will discuss how to test different technology platforms, the innovative ways that they engage participants, and what to look for when choosing the technology platform for your own event. There are many technologies out there. The Learning Ideas Conference team has tested a variety of these platforms Today, we will discuss what they found and their tips. And Once again, I'm joined by Dr. David Guralnik, who is the president and CEO of Kaleidoscope Learning and a consultant specialized in the use of technology to improve job performance. He is also the current president of the International E-Learning Association. Of course, the founder and chair of the Learning Ideas Conference and adjunct professor at Columbia University. So I'm so happy to have David back. Welcome, David. Well, great. Thanks
1: it's, uh, thanks so much, King. It's great to be here again, as always.
0: So first of all, how is the conference preparation going? In this series, we're following how you and your team are getting ready for the first hybrid conference in June of 2022. And of course, you've done online, and you've been in person for a lot many years. But this year, it's going to be hybrid. So. How is the planning going for the Learning Ideas Conference?
1: Thanks, yeah, so far the planning's uh, moving along well. We are at a stage right now where the proposals for the majority of our talks uh, were, were due in mid-December, so we've been reviewing those. So that's you know not necessarily related to the hybrid nature, but just in, in general, going through the proposals, uh, gonna get feedback and acceptances and, and all that out to people um, shortly. And then um, we'll have a really good sense of, of what, you know what the different sessions are going to look like. That also, you know, feeds into some of the some of the decisions we're going to make about you know, what technology we need. You know, some people have suggestions where they want to have more of a, you know, a team oriented uh, session where they want more participation. And so, looking at ways that we might want to bring you know the audiences together for things that involve a little bit more than than people just watching is is a big part of this as well.
0: Right, that's fantastic. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of very interesting proposals and talks, and I look forward to that. In our last episode, we discussed two very important steps in the planning process. So when starting to plan a hybrid event, two of the big things to do at the very beginning is to have a clear purpose and goal for the event, which really defines the path. And the second is considering what your selection criteria is for the technology platform. So now you and your team have actually demoed and tested several of these platforms. You've narrowed it down, uh, as you told us in the last episode. And you've gone and tested and seen what, what they are like. So let's talk a little bit about that experience and what you found. First of all, what kind of technology platforms did you demo? What?
1: Yeah, there really ended up being two primary categories um, of, of technology that we looked at. And so one is the category of sort of more, I don't want to say traditional, because the tradition hasn't been going on for quite that long, but um, really conference support platforms that, which are intended to support an agenda, support networking, give you a way to broadcast video, whether it's by connecting to Zoom or something else, or, or an internal system, um, and really set up for, you know, particularly, they're mostly set up, I think, for online conferences, but also with an eye toward hybrid that's that's clearly a, a buzzword. So there's, you know, those are systems that the idea is help you host a conference, and it's really mm-hmm. sort of their primary purpose, um, as it is. Then the second category can be used for hosting a conference or for part of one. And those are the metaverse platforms. And those are getting more and more popular and numerous and uh, more and more in the press, certainly these days. So these are some kind of, you know, more immersive virtual reality-ish platforms. So you don't necessarily need goggles. You might be on, you know, you're probably going to be on your computer, but you're really physically feeling as if you're, you know, you have an avatar to move around and, and you're sort of trying to mimic in some ways what a conference experience would be like. So these these platforms are really, I think, going after the conference market too. So those were the, the two general categories we looked at, the slightly more traditional, almost broadcast platforms and the, the metaverse platforms, really the two categories we were looking
0: at. Great. So let's discuss a little bit about each of those and also what the demo experience is like. You gave us a little idea of what the what the difference is, but what did you find, for example, let's start with the traditional platforms. What did you like and dislike about them? What were the main things that you find in this latest, I guess, the newest versions of these technologies? <laughs>
1: yeah, I know we we talk you know we ended up seeing um a couple of of demos you know, kind of walked through by by salespeople, and we've got some time to play around a little bit more after which we're starting to do as the next step. So you know we've just we've done some of these kinds of things before, you know, running an online conference for two years. So some of these um, features were were certainly familiar, but there's been a lot of movement, you know, a lot of work, I think, on on a variety of these platforms to try to. To add more and do more. Certainly a lot of things to like. Uh, One of the the platforms that we saw was designed in what seems to be a pretty flexible way. So they let you kind of organize uh, the learner experience kind of a little bit more as you want it as the designer of the conference. So there are just a lot of different features. They have agendas, they have networking components of some sort, some support one-on-one networking, some support just sort of, you know, finding people kind of the way you would on, on Facebook or LinkedIn. As far as what we liked, you know, we certainly like obviously the idea that these platforms are out there and handle, um, handle a lot of things, including the security level of making sure people log in. So, you know, not just anybody can, can show up to the conference. Mm, it's important. <laughs> so that was, you know, certainly one, one key area. They are well set up, I think, to handle video presentations. And I think there's been a fair amount of advancement in terms of handling different roles. So when you're running a conference from the, you know, from the organizational side, there are different roles that we want to have as as organizers of the conference. You have administrators who want to be able to start and stop sessions, manage materials, add, delete presenters and and participants and, and all these kinds of things. And within a session, you have presenters who want to be able to control their slides, want to be able to play videos. There are things that you want them to be able to do, but you usually don't want free access to everything because it's just way too easy for somebody to inadvertently hit the wrong button. And and in the early days in in 2020, when we did our our first online conference as kind of a sudden unexpected move, um, you know, deciding in in April that we had to do an online conference in June, we had a little bit of that. So the systems that Warren has developed, certainly the one that we used, which had a lot of good features, but one thing it, it did have was not quite enough different roles. So you would occasionally have, you know, a presenter who was waiting theoretically backstage, accidentally clicking somewhere and, you know, affecting something that was going on on stage. So you want to be careful about, all of that. And I think that's something that the, the platform providers have recognized and continue to improve. So I, I don't think that's as much of an issue anymore, but something we need to really be able to, to look at. And then of course the you know attendees need to be able to watch and participate and chat and answer poll questions and you know communicate and reach out to people, but you know, they shouldn't be able to control the presenter's slides. because um, yeah. that would be a dangerous thing to do. So there's a lot, you know, a lot in there about how. The experience is for the organizers to arrange things and set it up. They're setting up the agenda. There's making sure you have all the people registered. In our case, people register on our conference site. You know, the, the registration fees go go through us. And, you know, some of that's already started to happen. Some of these systems really seem to want you to go to their site and handle everything. And, and as a company who already kind of has some things arranged, we kind of like the things that we have arranged. So we want something that's a little more flexible and works with what we have. And we have you know data in ways that we want it and systems that are already in place, and we want to be able to work with those systems. So you know, I think there's a lot more interest and improvement in those areas too. We talked a lot with vendors about integrations. There are sort of third-party integration systems. Uh, Zapier is probably the best known where essentially you can use the third-party system to have one system talk to another. So you can have your database talk to this platform that you're going to use, and do that this extra third-party system. It gets to be a lot of systems,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's manageable, and that's kind of become the the normal way to do things. To have some kind of you know ways for things to connect without everybody having to custom code all the time. So yeah. So I guess as so as we're looking, we, you know, we're looking at it from a few different ways. You know, how can we get the experience that we want for our participants? And that's the first and most important one. Second is, you know, you know how manageable is it to make this happen, you know, to get things set up, to work with the, the information that we have in our systems and not have to redo everything and to be able to sort of import things and continue to do that as time goes on. People register the possibly the day of, somebody might decide last minute, want to make sure that they have immediate access or, or close to immediate access. So a lot of things like that as well.
0: It sounds like they did a lot of work in really integrating a lot of those necessities that we found in 2020 when everything went online. There was a lot of little details that people realized, oh, I wish it were this way or that way. I wish it had this feature or the glitches that were there. So it sounds like the companies really did address a lot of that. It's, it's been a big jump. Have you found a big jump in the type of technologies?
1: Yeah, no, I think absolutely there's been a big jump. And then the sort of the challenge that goes along with that is making sure that they have something that is clear enough and easy enough to use to people. We had mixed experiences with that. I think one of the systems that we saw, and it might've just been sort of the way the sales presentation was, but we kind of got what felt like a a sort of rote presentation, here are the features. And it really was difficult to connect the features to our goals and our workflows Mm -hmm. and our user experience. And we kind of would ask a lot of questions and would feel like that kind of would sidetrack things. and They come back to like, well, here's how we do it. And, you know, that was, that was, you know, not ideal for us. And I'm not sure that would be ideal for, for most people. You know, when you have a complicated system, these are sort of complex at some level, I think some audiences may really just want, show me what you have. I want to just do something with them, you know, the the easiest way. And that, and that's, you know, a lot of times that's what you need, right? Sometimes you come in and you know, you walk into a restaurant, you want them to have food that you can buy and leave with. You don't want to have a yes. long discussion about how they made it. You want to have some level of confidence and make a quick decision. With this, for us, at least, especially being in this field and looking to do new and different things, we wanted a lot more flexibility. And so mm-hmm. one of the systems that we saw did seem to have a lot more flexibility in terms of letting us arrange things the way that we want and, you know, sort of create more of an experience that, that we would like. But we did see you know, we did see a lot of really good features in, in both of them, including advances in sort of you know, more broadcast quality video in some better ways to be able to handle both the systems that we, we really got into on the presentation side, mm-hmm. allowed video to be played you know, from a server somewhere, which we, we really, really want to do. You know, it's different from where you're in Zoom and you share something from your, you know, sharing your screen, I think, is, is pretty workable for slides most of the mm-hmm. time. For videos, it's, it's pretty clunky, right? First of all, at best, it's going to take time to get going but you also really are reliant on bandwidth and things like that. So we've been much happier even in in past years when we've used systems that had videos that are already on the server somewhere and it feels much more like you're, you know, you're running a television broadcast. Mm. And so that's becoming, I think, close to a standard. I think that's a really important, important one.
0: It's an important feature for people to think about when they're looking for a system, isn't it? Right. I think absolutely. Because I think you'll hear like, you know,
1: hey, go, we we play video. You know, you can play video like, you know, well, yeah, I can do anything. But, you know, you have to think about what's it really going to mean, in practice as an experience and mm-hmm. both in terms of fumbling and delays and all the things that you don't really want to have a lot of when you're doing a presentation, but then also in terms of the, the bandwidth and the playing the video smoothly and, and all those things. And that's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a particularly important one. of well, the other interesting areas was seeing what people are doing in terms of networking. We did see a variety of things. So you, we saw some features where you could make yourself available to be contacted and then have one on one a one on one meeting if someone contacts you or reach out to those who have made themselves available yes. and you know that seems like a that seems like a really really nice thing to me it doesn't and I think they were all done in ways that were not you know putting anyone in a, a difficult position you know you you have to volunteer for this you know it's not gonna you're not gonna find yourself getting unexpectedly contacted by people but it gives you a way to reach out and have kind of a, you know, quick and informal one-on-one discussion in, in, in an online way. Uh, we, we talked a lot about, obviously focused on, on what it means to be a hybrid conference. We talked a lot with, you know, the demo salespeople about hybrid. And, you know, I, I think that's still evolving. You know, I think the base level with some of these things is, to think about how it would work for people to be in an in-person event, but also doing some things online. Where does that take you away from the experience? And I don't know the answer to that. But you know, you might run across somebody, hey, I saw your talk. This was really interesting. I want to talk to you more, but they're not, the other person isn't physically there.
0: Right.
1: You can go online on your phone. All of these had you know mobile versions that would look look pretty manageable. Um, go online on your phone and say, okay, yeah, let me see if this person is, is available and wants to have a you know quick discussion or set up something for later it doesn't have to obviously be, be right now. So, but that's an interesting thing. Like I don't envision the in-person part of a hybrid conference being a bunch of people walking around staring at their phones, right? Right. I don't think that's the experience we want either, but you do want to involve everyone. And so I think there's a good foundation in some of these systems to help us construct um, the right kind of environment, but there's a lot of thinking that goes along with it as well.
0: So really they're not at the point of having found a new way of having these spontaneous interactions and discussions, which is exactly what we're we're trying to find in the online and the hybrid environments, to have those interactions where they where you bump into someone, where you are waiting for coffee and can have these spontaneous conversations and meetings. No,
1: absolutely, and I think, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's a funny line, you know, where, where's the line drawn between what the technology provides and what you as the designer do and where's the yes. technology designed specifically to accomplish a more narrow goal? And I think mm-hmm. there's, you know, no easy answers to that. I know on the, in the education side, I, I tend to want to build a lot of technology that helps accomplish sort of more specific goals for educational designers and, and for learners um, and not just look at it as compiling all the, you know, all the technological assets quite in the, in the same way. Um, for a conference, it's probably, you know, a little bit in between, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you, first of all, just from a practical standpoint, you need to, to build something for a large audience. But you know, a lot of this is, you know, is, is human design. Right? I don't know that you necessarily need to have a ton more specialized technology, but I may change my mind on that as we get deeper in. But it's the you strategies know, you know, that you
0: know. use, the way you Absolutely. use the technology and coming up with those ideas and those strategies. Have you found something that you thought was... New, either a strategy or the technology helping a strategy? I
1: liked a lot of the technology. I like the, um, I like, I guess two things stood out. One is the idea of, of sort of networking being a focus, I think gives us more to work with. So mm-hmm. I don't know that it's, you know, necessarily the, you know, the full answer. The second part was the flexibility, especially if one of the systems was, I, th- I think, going to give us an advantage because if you combine some additional features and the flexibility to sort of structure the experience the way that we want and work with more outside platforms. And almost, you know, we're, we're probably a step away from building our own full conference platform on top of, of all of these things, but we tend to think of things a little bit in that direction. So we want to kind of right. be able to build an experience that people can use in different ways mm-hmm. that takes advantage of a lot of the features that are already there built by these these conference systems. I think that to me is the big advantage of a more flexible conference systems. Is okay, here are the things we have, but we're not saying, you know, Step one is someone has to do this. Step two, someone has to do that. This is what we do. It's, you know, how do you want to structure everything? And then that puts it back in your role as a conference designer and experience designer to think about your audience, which is complex enough because we have a lot of different sub audiences and a lot of different, you know, we have different people with different backgrounds. We have people with different personalities. We have people with different needs and goals. So we already have that. And so being able to take, you know, something that's more, you know more of a, of a toolkit in that sense than um, a full-fledged experience is is, I think, the way to go for us.
0: Yes, and we'll definitely talk about flexibility of these systems a little bit later on because it is very important because we're talking about a conference, you're organizing a conference now, which already has its diversity of where people are, what interests they have. But also these platforms are for a huge number of different types of events, conferences, learning experiences. Um, a huge variety. So flexibility is really important. But before we move on, I want to hear more about the metaverse. But before that, was there something that you found that was difficult or or not quite, not quite there yet in these traditional systems that maybe people should look out for?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I may have a better answer when we've gone through you know, really individualized, have really played around more and, and mm-hmm. you know, individually and at this point we've we were at the stage where we've seen more than we've gotten to do. We got to do a little bit during the sessions and we we tend to be sort of hands-on in our ways, but it was a little bit of a of a structured demo. I mean I think the thing that seemed to be the biggest challenge with all the systems was just sort of getting a, a handle on it. You know, they they offer a lot of things and not necessarily in the aligned with your goals, but they maybe could be, and trying to sort of just get to the bottom of everything and, and really see, you know, what what do we have? What's it like from the user side? What's it like from the organizer side? And those are also two different perspectives. And so mm-hmm. trying to really get a, a true feel for what that's going to be like for both groups and, and almost to, to make sure that you're clearly differentiating when you're seeing something. Okay, so here, great. So this is what it looks like from the user perspective. Here's how they can, you know, log in seamlessly and get to this without a lot of effort, but from our side, what has to be done to make sure that's set up, when can that be done, mm-hmm. who has to do it, and, and all those things, and then, you know, where the other features can fit in. So, yeah, I think a lot is, is it you know, it has the potential to be overwhelming. I think all of these platforms need, you know, feel the need, and, and I think correctly, justifiably so, to provide a lot, because as you mentioned, they, there are different, you know, there are different needs. They, there are some are conferences, our, our conference is probably a little different than anybody else's. And then their audience is also, you know, big companies who are doing a major team event with the CEO speaking, which is an entirely different structure and on and on and on. And, you know, when you have that, you, you know, it takes a lot of thought and effort to try to sort of sift through everything. So, yeah, I I don't know if I'm at the point where I know specific features or capabilities that are missing. I felt that was getting to to a pretty good position, but in terms of getting the experience the way we would want it, I'm, I'm still on that path.
0: And it just brings it again to the forefront we talked about in the previous episode, the importance of knowing exactly what you want out of these events and how you want them to run and to flow before you even get to the demo phase so that you know what to ask for. In all those little details that you that you just touched on brings to light again, the fact that it's so important in these hybrid and online events to know really how you want those interactions to look like and how you want it to, to unfold. Because there are a lot of features that you need to know if it works for you or not. Now, what about the metaverse? I mean, you said before a little bit that you had mixed feelings on it, but now you got to try some of the latest technologies out there. What do the metaverse platforms look like to you?
1: Yeah, that's, that's um, great to talk about. It's really, really interesting to see. So, they were definitely a lot of fun to explore. And we've seen two in, in a fair amount of detail at this point, and a little bit of, a, of actually well, kind of three, a, a, a fair amount of, of detail. So, they're, they're really interesting and fun. I still have mixed feelings, I think, about what they do for the conference experience. You know, we saw a lot of examples of, you know, here's how people pick an avatar and then they go through and they walk kind of around a, a conference venue and can get to, to different talks and, and that kind of thing. and you know, we weren't fully sold that that's the way these will be successful, right? Like, so, that, you know, they really were trying to mimic a real life conference experience, but I think mm-hmm. you lose, at this level of technology, you lose a lot of what the conference experience is, right? That you don't, you know, you don't really make eye contact with people. You don't really bump up against someone in the coffee, you know, line and and strike up a conversation. They were encouraging us to do that. And, and it was fun to try to do that and, and play around with it. But it's, I wasn't convinced that was a fully comfortable way for most people to interact. And I I think we found it a little bit uh, really interesting and fun, but a little bit awkward. And sometimes interestingly, unnecessarily time consuming, you know, okay. I wanna go I want to go see the talk in room one, like, you know, I don't know why we need to mimic the part where it takes me three minutes to get to room one. I can't- <laughs> The I part everyone there.
0: wishes was cut <laughs> out in real life. Right, right,
1: <laughs> right, and I even get three minutes of exercise in my avatar is, and, yeah. and so, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of that where it was enjoyable to sort of try to do it and you could make your avatar run and do some kind of fun things, but in terms of practical things to do within a conference setting, I'm not sure. I can see a lot of other uses, for that mm-hmm. kind of thing, especially in certain kinds of educational experiences we might want to build. And especially if they're more programmatic, where you're interacting with some kind of pre-programmed characters, there's a lot of interesting stuff we could do. I don't think that's, you know, that wasn't the focus, of what we were talking about. They were really looking at this as, you know, how you would run a conference in it. So, I mean, it was still was interesting. I think whenever there's new technology, you kind of look at what's next. So I think my personal view is that it would be interesting to maybe do a session or two in some mm-hmm. of these kinds of things. And Explore. I'm not sure they were really happy to price things in that kind of way. So that mm. may be harder to accomplish than we think. Uh, they tended to want, you know, like a year long commitment rather than even a conference long or an hour long commitment. So there's that. Um, but we are still looking into that. As far as running the f- Full conference. I think our our view is is to go the broadcast uh, giant TV show route and intersperse some of this. But then you you look ahead and you can you know maybe see things changing over time. You know would it be different if it were holograms rather than avatars? Would it be different if you had more in terms of gesture control and you're not just using a mouse and you could really feel like if I can tap someone's hologram on the shoulder and they'll really actually respond? Maybe that feels more real.
0: That would really mix the in-person and hybrid and online event wouldn that would be the ultimate hybrid event yes. to actually have both I, I, walking around.
1: absolutely and and I mean we could get there it might be I mean it also might be weird and confusing you know it's one of those yes. that I think we, you know, we're gonna see how it all how it all evolves you know I don't know would I want to be tapped on the shoulder and, around and <laughs> By not a real crap. person there I don't know exactly um, <laughs> anyway it's the kind of clip they're going to show in 20 years and laugh at us for you know being so backward thinking but <laughs> yes we exactly yeah
0: Um, But what did you find, in terms of a conference, what value do you think it would add to having one or two sessions uh, if someone's trying to think about incorporating it or not? What value did you find in the technologies you tried in in the metaverse?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, I I think there are probably two places where there'd be value for our conference in particular. So one is the general giving people a sense of, you know, for future you know conferences classes events that they have and a lot of people you know classes what you know where what do you think of this you know you don't always get a chance to to see these it takes some effort to go out and see what what you know really experience in any way one of these kinds of metaverse platforms what mm-hmm. what are they like what do they feel like so getting some kind of experience I think is worth it for for you know I think a lot of people would enjoy it and kind of feel the way that we did like hey this is pretty cool and we really want to see it and even there are things we like and don't like for our purposes but it's pretty cool to see and to know where we are. Um, the second I think is also because we are specifically a new learning ideas conference with a lot of people who are going to come up with really interesting ways that you might leverage these systems in educational contexts that aren't necessarily conferences in the way that, that this conference is mm-hmm. and you know I think there's a whole world out there, obviously, of, of possibilities, and this gives people an opportunity to think more about it. So I, I do see it as very relevant to the work that we're doing, even if it's not at the meta level, being the you know the the conference uh, platform itself.
0: Yes, particularly because of the topic of the conference itself. Exactly, but it's something that people should be looking into or experimenting for other types of events. It, it sounds like it's in the early stages and with some mixed results. You have to always be careful how much a new technology adds or takes away from what you're trying to experience. So that, exactly. that sounds like the situation with the metaverse. And in terms, of, in terms of the engagement, I mean, you said there's a lot of new features that are trying to be encouraging engagement in different ways and that you're still continuing to dive deeper into these technologies. Did you walk away from these demos with any new ideas of how you can create engagement, either with the technology or without uh, in terms of the strategies? But did you come away with any new ideas in how engagement can be encouraged?
1: I, mean, I think we're I think we're still, you know, we're still kind of thinking through it. And, and I think we'll probably have more as we go deeper in. I mean, I did think that a lot of the one-on-one networking options were were really pretty good. And that gives us some more... You know some more things to think about in terms of how to better facilitate people getting to, to have comfortable conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So in fact one of the systems suggested, you know, you set up a room that's more of just a networking room at, at least at certain times and people can go in there and maybe you, you cap it at 20 people or some manageable number so people don't get overwhelmed. And you know that's a nice thing to to do that I think has some good possibilities in terms of getting people together. Um, you know we also did think about whether we want to do something similar to that but with more of a of an actual topic, you know, so sort of a, a round table ish kind of thing. Like, okay, hey, here's a fairly broad topic for people to discuss, but it gives you something to, to take a small group, you sign up like, okay, I'm interested in talking about this, other people with a similar interest, and you get to know each other a little bit. So, mm. you know, when we looked at those technologies, we did see them as, as pretty good fits for that kind of thing. You know, I mean, as are some of the Zoom components too, but, but maybe a little bit more so here, just in terms of the easier ways to follow up with somebody and being able to remember who they are, they remember who you are, have ways to maybe track something and bookmark something and, and not just have to go say, wait, what was that person's name again? Let me go look them up on LinkedIn. So there's a little bit of that too, right? Because that's the thing too is, is, you know, you're not exchanging business cards to the degree that anyone does that anymore, but you want to, you know, you've just met someone, you want to remember who you spoke to and exactly. how to, how to get back to them. So there are some things I think that we can do, with some of these systems and maybe beyond to help people connect and continue to connect in the future and, and you know build the community and, and build their own networks and communities.
0: Those are really good points. And, uh, and having the smaller groups is so important. I mean, online, you feel like you can open it up to everyone and everyone can join, but actually for conversations, it's so important to have a small group. And one of the interesting things I saw on one of the conferences is that, although it wasn't a metaverse, it was what you would call the traditional type of online conference, but you had a visual of tables and you chose which room to join, which table to join on the topic, but they were capped. So you could see, oh, this one only has three people. So maybe maybe that I'll join that, but it capped at 10. So having that kind of visual capping off into smaller groups, still having that online version was uh, was an interesting combination as well of, of strategies and the technology. Yeah, no, that sounds great.
1: I think you you, you brought up a really big point with the, with the visual nature of that too, because there is something it's so easy in an online environment to lose track of how many people there are or to wonder mm-hmm. if anyone's out there at all, right? Yes, you can do it. Are you, you speaking to
0: the universe? <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. You could do an online talk and they say there are a hundred people or a thousand people and maybe there are, but maybe there aren't. I don't know. Yes, maybe they're exactly. paying attention. Maybe they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hope that they are, but there is, you know, there's a lack of, of, of feedback in that tends Hard to avoid, but with the smaller rooms, I think that's really, really nice. And you do to be able to go in and see like, yes, there are three people there. There are 10 people there, um, whatever it is, and, and get to some visual reinforcement of the world that you're in and the size of the world that you're in is is really an important feature.
0: Absolutely. No, that's really good. And so flexibility is something that you already touched on. So it's a very important feature in any technology, but especially when it's trying to address, as you said, different types of conferences, different types of learning experiences, a huge corporate retreat possibly, but all of those have different needs, but the same platform is provided to help them. So what did you find in terms of flexibility? What What kind of features are customizable and um, what were you looking for?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, we like to be able to customize as much of the experience as we can, meaning, you know, registration and logging in. Registration really is already on our site. So being able to have it automatically connect so that when someone registers on our site, they're already, you know, they're going to have to be in a registration database for platform as well, but that that can happen seamlessly and automatically and people don't have to know anything about it other than here's where you go and log in. There's... Uh, a lot about sort of how we want to customize the way the agenda works. How you can find the talks that you want. Ways that you can both browse and search. And I think are both important. I think we've seen systems that are a little bit more geared toward search for whoever you want. It's like, well, you don't always know what you want. You know, a lot yes. of times you want to you want to browse and see what's what what there is. Interestingly, one of the things that you sometimes see is a lot of the sort of default agendas have the titles of the talk, but nothing else. And or at least nothing else without clicking. I'd at least like to know who the person is. And often where, you know, often organization that they're from, I think you're going to see talks of you know, about interesting topics, but you're also choosing talks generally based on the people to some degree, or at least, you know,
0: yes, sometimes it's somebody
1: that I know, sometimes, you know, certainly if it's a friend of mine, I want to know, but it's somebody that you yes. know, or somebody that you want to see. And so that, that wasn't always something that was by default front. And so I want to make sure that there are going to be ways that we can present that. We want to be able to, to structure the way people can see what's out there and, and choose what they want to go to and, and get enough information at a glance. And then you know, dig deeper, you know, how can have the abstracts out there. They're, they get a little bit long to have too many abstracts you know, visible at once, but abstracts are one click away and the title and the people speaking in the organization, or at least on the, the main page is one thing. So that's a level of flexibility that I think we, we are going to be able to get, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't entirely obvious in, mm. in all cases flexibility also in terms of how we structure the roles, which is one of the things I mentioned a little bit earlier, just to make sure that, you know, we have people in different roles. We have people who are behind the scenes whose entire job is to work with the presenters and make sure that they have what they need. Somebody in each session, sometimes me, but we usually have a few things going at once, is hosting and, you know, moderating the session, asking the questions, you know, from the audience, um, making sure people are on time. So that's a different role. The presenters are another role, you know, being able to manage those in a way that's comfortable for us and clear to all the different people is an yes. important thing. So I think those are, those are a few of the major things we, we talked about. So being able to get to the, you know, the slides and particularly videos and having those in a place that you want in and, and any kind of other materials. Uh, recordings are another issue, making sure that things are automatically recorded without us having to do much and that we have, sort of free access to those and can edit appropriately. We're not going to, you know, we don't want to edit people out. But, you know, if something goes wrong, we don't really need to, you know, if there's a camera outage, we probably don't need to have that in the recorded version. And we also do generally like to do some post-production editing where one of our video editors goes through and puts a little bit of an intro and a conclusion. And you've got the Learning Ideas Conference banner and logo and intro music and all that kind of thing.
0: So in terms of ease of use, I mean, there's a lot that... people need to know about the learning experience designer and the conference designer. There's a lot that they need to be to understand about these systems in terms of ease of use. Did you find that it was uniform across or are there any tips that you would suggest for people to look for so that it is an easy to use system?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I think it's all a little bit across the board. I think that's still a challenge, especially because of the need to to reach so many different kinds of audiences. I, I think there's you know, it's easy to see there's just so much that these systems sort of seem to do and trying to map those to what your goals and experience are is is not, you know, not the easiest thing. I think that's one advantage of having someone walk you through it. And I'm a kind of person who often likes to just do things on my own, like just give me access and let me play around. And I will do that and do want to do that. But I really did feel it was helpful to have the sales person um, walking through things with us and answering questions. Um, and some were, some did so better than others. We had one experience where they were a little bit more, here's what we do and kind of, you know, not quite getting answers to the question. That, and that made it a lot harder for us to, to get into the their system and understand if it was the right fit for us. I think my big you know piece of advice really is to people looking at these systems is ask a lot of questions, you know, and to try not to get too swept away by the, the sales pitch. The sales pitch is going to be Useful, I think, in this case, but you know, keep in mind your goals and what you're trying to do. Ask questions and ask really detailed questions, you know, about how things happen. Because everybody's, oh, we have video, and we, you can show video, and you can show. Well, sometimes you show video means you're showing a local video that's going to be kind of clunky and not play all that well. Sometimes you can show video means it's a really nice experience and it's on a server and you can get to it. Um, We'll put together an agenda. It's all automatic. Okay, but how's it going to look? Can you show me an example? What flexibility do I have? How can I customize that? And so, you know, it, it, there's a, a way in which I think, as the potential customer with some sort of vision in mind, you want to try to ask a lot of questions and, you know, try to have a really, I mean, ideally have a really nice relationship with the, the salesperson. And I think in you know, most of the cases, we, we really established a, a good back and forth, but that you, you, you know, you don't want to lose control of the conversation too much because then you kind of end up being sold a product and and you're really trying to look at something that's as much a service as it is a product, right? You know, we're not, you're not really going to take this off the shelf. You're not buying a piece of art that you're going to take home and put on your wall as it is. You're buying something that you're going to do something with. I think that drives the kind of sales conversations that you want to have from the the quote unquote customer side, which is the role that we're playing here. Mm,
0: Absolutely. And you definitely don't want to be purchasing this type of product and then when you're putting it together, realizing that there's a lot of things that are missing that you wanted, or you don't know how to do it, um, or maybe it's not flexible enough to do it, or it just isn't the way that is helpful for you, uh, there's a lot of surprises that can come along. And at that point, it's too late.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And One thing I will say is that I, I did hear a lot of flexibility in, from these vendors in terms of letting us play with it. And that's really our next step with a lot of these is, you know, give us, they usually seem to start with a, a couple week trial, but everybody was pretty consistent with like, if you need more time, you need more time because mm-hmm. we, we at least tend to need more time. Like this isn't,
0: of course, you know,
1: we aren't able to devote two weeks fully to this. That would be wonderful. We, we have other, you know, we have other things that we have to do in our work lives. And so sometimes you'll get a, a day here where you can really get into it. And then you, you kind of get sidetracked and you, you get back to it. And that's kind of the reality. So they're, they're very open about, yes, we can, you know, extend it make sure that you have time to, to do what you need. I mean, I think they want to make sure they don't just, you know, let people have an indefinite trial so they don't end up paying for the product and just use yes. it, but, um, you know, to give us time to really explore it and set up samples and, you know, well, I mean, we're going to run a mini sample conference. I mean, not with, you know, the same number of people, but with our team, we're going to put together a couple of sessions and, you know, try to, to build as much of the, the workflow in, in the real sense as we can and see what it's going to be like, and that's that's our goal with a couple of these systems. And that's I think something that's worth worth the time. This is a you know significant investment. I mean, not necessarily just financially, but just in terms of a commitment to an experience and commitment to a product that's going to drive and play a key role in the experience that people have exactly. the conference. So we want to make sure we really get this uh, get this right and address the things that you were saying that we're we're comfortable before we make the final decision that we uh, you know we we see. That we can do at least enough of what we we wanted to do to make it worth a while
0: absolutely that's hugely important and you you spoke a little bit about what that demoing experience is like can you a bit of a picture of for someone who hasn't maybe had a demo on this type of a platform what does that experience look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so so someone on our team was in charge
1: of reaching out to the different you know vendors. So we had, we'd started with a larger set of products to explore and did some sort of website research into what they do and how much, you know, maybe some of them, how much they cost and kind of narrowed it down to the one and some other things. We looked at some online reviews if we found them and narrowed it down to a handful that we thought were, were worth seeing. And then someone on our team reached out to each of those and contacted them and said, you know, we're... Running a conference, we're interested possibly in using a product. And, you know, can you tell us more? And and I think in all cases, I I don't even know if she asked specifically for a demo rather than giving us access, but I think they all wanted demos as the next step and they want to get to know you and, and, you know, kind of form a relationship and and get you to know a
0: salesperson and, and all that. And it seems like a very good thing to do, isn't it? To be able to get that information and to ask the questions, not just to test it out. That's right. I mean, for us, it
1: was really, really useful to do that. So from this, from the, the vendor side, they certainly want that, right? They want to have direct access to people. They want to get to know people. They want to be able to follow up with human beings yes. who they've talked to and met and say, hey, are you still thinking about, you know, buying our product and using our service? But um, from our standpoint, it was really, really necessary and useful in this case. You want to be able to ask, um, see things and ask questions mm-hmm. and have someone walk you through it because they are really, you know, large, large systems. It's easy to miss things if, if you don't have someone there, I think at least the first time through. Um, So for each of them, then our contact person was, you know, our point person was able to set up demos for, you know, a a team from our side um, that was going to look at it. And, you know, we had meetings that were generally an hour long walk through key features, show us, you know, give us a little bit of an overview of the system. And, you know, for us, what worked better, the more the salesperson let us drive a little bit and was responsive to our questions, the better off we were. And also the better prepared they were. And we had a mix of that as, as well. Some, you know, some people came in knowing, you know, we have, we have a website, you know, we have, you know, there are things you can find out about us. We're not, we're not a hard conference to find out about. So some people came in kind of, you know, familiar with what we've done in the, in the past and, you know, to some degree and had looked at, you know. They exactly watch the talks that are pre-recorded and that are on the site, but they had a sense of what we were. And some kind of came in with like, you know, well, let me ask you questions. And they were asking things like, you know, how many talks did you have last year? And it's like, okay, well, you you know, know that, right? Anybody <laughs> can know that. So we kind of, you know, felt we were a little bit behind the. Uh, we only have an hour, and we're spending time kind of going over things that, that we would have expected a little more more preparation. So that's our our being the difficult customer on that part. But I do think that's a reasonable expectation to have, Absolutely. and and does sort of tell you what it's going to be like to to work with you know work yes. with a certain group. You know, the seeing the demos was was really interesting. I think we did let them sort of start off by showing us what they wanted to show us. And I think that was particularly in the Metaverse product. I think we were a little bit more passive in the early stages to really get a feel for it and try to understand the product. And the Metaverse ones also did give us uh, participation. You know, they gave us something to download in advance that we could run and also an online version if we didn't want to, you know, do the download and, you know, encouraged us as we did then to set up avatars and play around a little bit. So by the time we, we did a little bit of prep work at their request, and I think that was a very good idea. And so you, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of knew a little bit about what you were getting into when you got into it. And then we would really have those, those demos really took place, um, you know, in the metaverse, you know, interesting and interesting and kind of fun, you know, you saw a lot of cool things you would see, you know, sometimes weird things happen. There was one where (laughs) I I clicked on something and all of a sudden there was a loud drumming sound that was a little bit hard to turn off. (laughs) <laughs> apparently i you know activated the the drummer and you know <laughs> turned out there was a setting to turn off drums and hey who knew but uh you know it's it, it, it very important to so find out beforehand i think so i think that's, yeah. that's definitely something you want to know in advance
0: um, interesting so, no that yeah. sounds really good and it's it, it sounds fascinating to try out these new products wow. and these new technologies and uh and also to to get a feel for it and you shared a lot of really important tips on what to look for, as well as I loved hearing about the new features. That are, of course, this industry has changed so much in the last two years, um, and they've. It sounds like they've made it uh, fantastic and uh, improved a lot of the a lot of the different features of security and networking, which is extremely important. And especially with Zoom fatigue, I think everyone's really ready for more interaction, uh, be it online or offline. So. That sounds really, really interesting. Thank you very much for sharing that. But before we end, I just want to ask you, what's next for your team in planning in the planning process?
1: Yeah, no, there's always, always a lot to do. So next in terms of planning for you know the, the hybrid specific part is to really get into playing around and exploring the products that you know we're, we're looking at in, in more detail. So we want to try to construct a sample mini event and, and make sure that we're comfortable with. All the features that we have. And I think as we do that, one of the nice outgrowths is that we should then um, come up with some other ideas as well, right? So when mm-hmm. you're really into something at that level and you're actually doing, you know, as you sort of know from the educational side, I think that's going to drive a lot of conversations. And we'll think about, okay, well, oh, you know, I, you know, I was in this this little area within the site and I, you know, reached out to my team member to talk to her, but actually, th- this would be a really good thing to maybe encourage people to do at the conference. We're going to come up with things like that, maybe other add-ons and, and other things that we want to do. So that's our big next step in on on that uh, on that side of things, on the platform side of things, on the program side of things, where as we're at the time of recording, we are about to send out um, acceptances to accepted presenters and, and all that kind of thing for the proposals fairly shortly. And so that's going to You know, begin the uh, the rest of the program creation process. So there's the rest of you know getting the program together, getting making sure people can get their commitments down in terms of arrangements and being sure that they're going to be available and committed. You know whether it's online or in person, and we're not going to ask people to decide that yet because of the you know the uh, the uncertainty about what what and when people can do. So some people may not you know easily be able to get here. So those are those are two of the two of the big things that are coming. There is a group of people who um, write academic papers, so they're going to be able to get started on that. Where we've got a start getting the reviewers uh, from our committee prepared for, for that to happen uh, a couple months down the line. And uh, things keep continuing. We're going to add a couple more keynote speakers as well and uh, keep, keep uh, thinking about other sessions that we want to add the, to the group that we already have, which is going to be a really nice group. So there's uh, always always more to do when we're, we're trying to, to look at a lot of different things to take advantage of the, of the hybrid uh, model and, and try to do something new with it.
0: Great. That's really exciting. And I I love that you're actually creating a little mini experience for you to test it out. So piloting the the conference in a sense, isn't it? Exactly. Which I guess before, I mean, it's not something people really had to think about when it was all in person. You wouldn't necessarily have a little mini test of how it all goes, but especially with online platforms, that seems like a very important step to actually pilot it and see how how it unfolds.
1: No, absolutely. And it's, it's both something that I think you need to do probably a little bit more in an online environment, but also you can do. So that's the other thing too, right? Because it's, uh, exactly. you know, because it's an online world, you know, there are things we would have liked to walk through better, you know, especially the first few times we did an online or an in-person conference, right? And right. you just, but you don't have the venue unless you want to, you know, double your costs and pay for the venue for another day so you can have a, you know, walkthrough. So yes, so that was exactly.
0: Very exciting. Well, thank you so much, David. It was a pleasure speaking to you and uh, looking forward to the next next episode and seeing how how the conference is developing and also diving deeper into an important aspect of how to create a hybrid event. So thank you very much, David.
1: Thanks again. It's always great to talk to you.